Hey y'all, it's Delaney. And it's Katie, this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. And occasionally dogs barking in the background. It's like the moment, they haven't said a peep for the past hour and a half. And the <laughs> moment you snapped. <laughs> yeah, Violent. So. Yeah. Um... I don't really got nothing since we talked for. <laughs> yeah, we literally were supposed to start well, almost an hour and a half ago. And also, I have a concert. Yeah, so we yes. hop into the news. There's really only one thing. I, I swear there was another thing. Can't find it. Don't remember. It's just too many platforms, too many things going on. And if it's that important, it'll come back up. Anyway, one of the main things that happened since we have been gone, I guess. Which was only a week ago. Um, is I'm that? Say, did we not record last week? <laughs> I, I don't know why it seems so long ago. Um, For several days late. Oh yeah. Um, is that Apple announced their classical music app, which is going to be launching on March 28th? So um, they said after two years of speculation, which I thought it was just like happening because they acquired Prime Phonic which was um oh right yeah in um which is a classical music streaming platform that was in 2021 i thought that was longer ago than that but i guess not um they acquired prime phonic and it was rumored that they were going to um oh yeah it says that they disclosed plans quote to launch a dedicated classical music app next year which i guess it took a little bit longer but um so i guess it's not speculation they literally said it they feeling your pain with classical music news they gotta make it right make, make it pop which people were it was rumored that <laughs> sources no, no, it wasn't. sources tell us sources sources close to apple say <laughs> girl you mean their pr team okay right <laughs> um so they um yeah, so they're releasing Apple Music Classical, um, and it's going to be a worldwide launch for those who already have Apple Music, which I was happy to hear that because, like, I'm not going to hold you. I was, I was not about to participate in that. Like, if it was something that you had to have on top of your... We did an episode on this. Yeah. Be- and I remember... T- yeah, okay, okay, okay. Because I just... Because, like, why would I... When I could just... Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So wait real quick, what was the appeal of it? It's like you could it can add multiple like like quote unquote songs without adding the same thing over and over again. I'm gonna go down and see like what they say. I I know there's a couple things I guess about traditional streaming that are not optimized for classical music. One of them yeah. being that like cuz I remember when I used Pandora like it would be giving me the same movement of a Bach cello suite like four right. times in an hour because it recognize it as a different recording but not as the same piece um right right right. that's what i meant mm -hmm. so apple music subscribers will have access to um apple music classical at no additional cost um and then there's also going or i guess people are wondering if there's going to be a non-apple music subscription option like if you just want apple music classical um which i'm I'm also wondering how it's going to work with like because I don't listen I, I think I said in the past I don't listen to much classical music on streaming but I do have a couple things so I wonder like is that still going to be in my regular music library are they going to be like it like they're going to be integrated because it's your Apple music account I guess 
but like i'm curious i think I was, that's one thing i'm gonna do on youtube is apple music classical review of like using mm-hmm. it also because Pick i feel content. like okay. yeah also because i feel like um i don't listen to I mean, I definitely don't listen to anywhere near as much classical music as I used to. And part of that is because I don't play so much anymore. And because, like, so I don't feel like I don't really have nothing dedicated to classical music discovery. You know, I feel like by nature, like, well, since I was around classical music, I would just hear stuff. And so then that's how I would find new music. But, yeah, so if you already have it, um, I you can pre-download it, actually, which I did. So it'll just show up. Um once it comes out um so apparently it has um the world's largest classical music catalog um which is north of five million tracks and it has thousands of exclusive albums so you can search the library by composer work conductor or catalog number which okay so that's one of the differences okay um and it also has complete and accurate metadata it says um also the audio um is playing up to it says quote up to 109 okay see i don't know what these acronyms mean basically it's good and (laughs) (laughs) thank you i was wondering thank you for condensing this i know okay so it says one 192k capital hz which i know hz was hertz right so is it kilohertz is that a thing Girl, I said chemistry in the fall of And so it says that over 24-bit high-res lossless. What? Who knows what that means? Like, <laughs> somebody Girl. who knows exactly what it means is shaking their head right now. Oh, freaking well. Like, we play acoustic instruments. We want to know this. We do. I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard of this before. I don't know nothing about sound. Nothing like me while we're literally on an audio platform. Whatever. I mean, I, did I press go on? <laughs> go? <laughs> What's it called? Record. Or. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I don't know nothing about like I'm not an audio file. Like I don't know what that even freaking means. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm trying to impress they, the PR team was trying to impress people because all you gotta do is like, girl, this sound real good. Right. It sound better than it sound gooder than what we got out. It's That's the goodest. um it also has uh, uh, supposedly thousands of the works um on apple music classical wall support spatial audio and it also um i know something about this anyway um it has 700 plus curated playlists and deep dive guides for many key works um and yeah and some apparently some only I guess everything on Apple Music has composer or artist biographies, but apparently these are somehow different. Um, yeah. Um, and then it also is in talks to create different exclusive content. Um, so it says that they've been working um, closely with the most prolific classical music artists and renowned classical music institutions in the world to offer Apple Music classical listeners new, unique, and exclusive content. They've also commissioned multiple exclusive performances, um, like live performances um, last year. And yeah, so apparently it is the um, the latest in a line of high-profile steps to bring classical works classical works to fans in the digital age. Um, which um the app i just had a stroke 
Richard probably gonna be laughing at me now. Um, because <laughs> a couple episodes ago, would that happen to me again? Um, but yeah. Um, this also comes after Deutsche Gramophone last year debuted a classical music streaming service of its own, which I may or may not have talked about that. They may that may be one of the things that fell through the cracks. But yeah, last year, um, they had their own Deutsche Gramophone um released their own classical music streaming service. So yeah, this is kinda like a pattern. And I wonder how, you know, how this is gonna go because like I think we've said like classical music low key having a moment right now Chevalier coming out Leonard Bernstein thing coming out Tar came out so I feel like they I'm I'm curious to see what this exclusive content is gonna be yes I'm curious about I wonder like Apple Music Classical yeah, Podcasts yeah. we got to get back on our classical <laughs> we over <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, it sounds cool. Me personally, I won't be playing for classical music. I've played enough. Um, a house, a house amount actually. Um, so, but it sounds cool. I wish y'all the best. Yeah, I mean, you'll see on my YouTube. Period. I feel like some of that stuff do sound cool, and I also like. I just don't listen to enough classical music. I, I I'll listen to it. Um, every once in a while, but. The, I mean like listen to it as in like for enjoyment cause like when I, I'm constantly preparing excerpts so I play along I have a good little time I'm like oh I forgot this was like kind of lit but like driving in the car I'm gonna cut on some Brahms I think not <laughs> the car is for the city girls Fred Hammond you know <laughs> wow <laughs> now you know like the, like that was a a linear connection <laughs> you know the 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 typical stuff usually usually when you say you know it's like a pattern like you know apples bananas not apples chicken fingers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> apples penne a la vodka <laughs> y'all know no you know a little ricky dillard saucy santana oh mm-hmm Cheetah Girls. I don't. I should listen to the Cheetah Girls. I haven't listened to that little album in a minute. Let me bring that back. That was very random. Anyway, in no more news, right? Nope, that's it. Okay, so time for the intermission. So I think Delaney and I have talked about delusion before because it is a trending topic. And I think when we brought it up last year, it was like when we were making fun of it. Cause like, I don't know. We had came across because I feel this delusion trend has actually been around for a while because trends don't really last this long on the internet but um it's been around for a while so when it came out last year i was like let me try this and we were like when i wake up tomorrow morning i'm gonna drive my bands it's like why would you have a bands by tomorrow morning that, <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't anything can happen the, the, the problem is that anything can happen is like those never happen to me that's the pro- like how do i sign up you know what i'm saying like but um anyway I was talking to Delaney last week about how, like, how delusional you have to be in classical music because we were talking about, like, other ways that we were expanding. But specifically in classical music, I'm like, you know how freaking delusional you have to be to go to an audition with 80 other people and be like, yup, it's me. I feel like that's absolutely outrageous. I don't know. And I was talking to Jen. She was like, you know when you, I'm like, yes, you do. But also, like, I don't know. So I wanted to talk about, like, 
some of the ways in which what aspects of classical music do you think you have to be delusional to aspire to participate in or to participate in and also in what ways have you um in what ways have you introduced delusion into your professional life we'll say personal life for another day because i'm having a good day today (laughs) (laughs) do you have wind chimes my freaking landlord, you know, every day I think about, like, I want to ask her to take these down. Okay, I just, no, I just thought, like, I was like, is that right next to me? Because I'm next to a window. I was like, am I, am I finally going? Like, am I? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I normally don't notice them, and then people be like, are those wind chimes? I'm like, I forgot those kind of get on my nerves. But they don't get on my nerves enough to be like, take these down. But it's also like, why would you put a wind chimes? But also, it's like, it's also random. I've lived here for three years. But also, why would you put a wind and this girl did a, a TikTok on wind chimes because, like, her neighbor had wind chimes up. She's like, you know how freaking annoying you are to be having wind chimes up in the middle of New York City? Like, why do you – you love them so much you put them outside so other people can hear them? Um. Anyway, yes. There are wind chimes. It's quite windy and cold today in the middle of March in Memphis. So, yay, global warming. <laughs> Climate change. Woo! Anyway. Well, okay. Can you repeat the questions? <laughs> to what extent do you? What I don't even remember what I said. Cause I should have wrote it down. But then we start talking about other stuff. Um, to what extent? What aspects of classical music do you think you need delusion to participate in? Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, you already brought up auditions. I feel like that's definitely one of them um and i look you think we kind of got to be a little delusional for what we do too you think so i don't know i mean at least at least i feel like our circumstances like there are a few there are only a couple classical music like people who are like in media who have like huge followings I guess who like also don't play or like at least don't play for their following. Like there are people who I guess are, can be considered like influencers or like whatever in classical you think music. Hillary Hahn is an influencer, but that's the thing. I think Hillary Hahn has a following, but she's Hillary Hahn. You know, yeah. like I don't I, think I don't consider her an influencer. Yeah, like I don't think that like that's not her primary thing. I think she has a you know a huge following, but that comes from her being freaking Hillary Hahn. You know, yeah, I'm going on her thing to see. Does she ever? She's never done a, a poll. I mean much money she's making she want to take no brand deal i mean Her she, concert she um what's this i mean nope. it, but she does stuff online like her 100 days of practicing like she started that trend That's true. And i think she's done like a video or like some type of collaboration with two set violin she's doing one with this um this um just, just pissed me off this thing Is she playing with them I don't know. It was a long time ago, I think. But she's doing this, like, collaboration with this, um, it's like a brand called Incormezzo, which I think, Incormezzo, which um, is really cool. She's, like, an artist. She's also a cellist, but she's an artist that does, like, all these, like, she does, like, prints. She does, I think she, like, makes um, other things, too, like. When do you see that? I don't even, I'm scrolling. I don't see nothing. She just plays. On her Instagram? Mm-hmm. Let me go to the top. Um, 
I'm pretty sure that was that was her that was doing that. Um, or maybe someone tags her in it. Let me go to her tag post. But yeah, this um, oh, there are probably thousands here. Let me go back quick to where I was. Oh, what was we talking about? I was talking about um, you think what we do is it delusional? I was, and then I was, I went on her Instagram to see like. Oh, this was a little while ago. That's why. Um, but yeah, this person, um, her name is Megan. She has a um. She does like stickers and prints and like art, like classical music art, and it's really cool. Um, and her and Hillary Hahn did something last year, and I'm gonna send that to you. Um, you sent on IG. Uh, yeah. I wonder. I wonder. Like, did they go to school together? Because she seemed like the type. Because she's that girl. It's like, I feel like she has to be hard to get in contact with. How much time does she freaking have? Oh, she doing this exercise. I need to do this exercise. Let me focus. <laughs> that one where you gotta keep all oh, bass players don't do that. The one where you gotta like keep all your fingers down, but like you put one, two, three, four down, and then you go da 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 da, da and then you put one back down. You gotta do the second finger. You put that one back down. You gotta do third finger. You know what I'm talking about? And then and then as you but when you put the finger down, okay, let me start again. So you put all four fingers out on the C string mm-hmm. and you go ba da 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 with the D. Okay, when you put you pick the for sorry, with one. Then you pick up one and you put it on the G string. All your fingers are still down, but that one you got three fingers on the C string, one finger on the G string. Then you do the same thing with the two, move two to the G string, so now you got two fingers on the C mm. on the C Ooh. string. It's so freaking hard. Do y'all do that? No. I feel like you don't need to though, because no. the way the hand frame, yeah. But I'm gonna do that tomorrow. I forgot about the exercise. That seemed hard when you get to three, right? Because it's so. Oh, well, weak. First of all, that's my right hand. Maybe that's also. <laughs> Damn, how I'm long like, has been? Why my third finger so stiff? <laughs> but still, see, da, 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 three. Da, 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 da. I, I feel we easy with the viola because right, right now I'm not really struggling. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely the freak not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fourth is the easiest one, obviously. Fourth is. The only one that seems really hard to me is a, is a third finger. But also, yeah. I don't even use my... Well, yeah, the hand frame is different. And also, if I ever do use my third finger, it's in thumb position anyway. I'm going to try it with my actual instrument because I'm actually not struggling like I remember struggling with this. Okay. Well, I, no. I feel like with the <laughs> instrument... Because third finger... Why is third finger so difficult? Because it, it's, it's attached. Like, you know, the tendon is like attaching your pinky. It's attached to the pinky. Yeah, I think these these move together. These are together. Oh, that's why. Or is it the or is it the middle finger? No, I think it's the pinky. No, middle finger got to be on its own little tendon. Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's the it's the last two. God ran out of time. I couldn't get my own tendon for my third. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh day was coming up quick, huh? Oh. Um, um, probably bring that up. Per, no reason. Yeah, there be one. really not. But um. um but we was just talking about like yeah, I feel like people who have big followings it's like Yeah, like even people who are more um who are not necessarily like are at her status, like even Drew like has a bunch of followings, but it was like his whole thing was going to Juilliard and he did a lot of playing videos and like all that type of stuff, like and then the other duo. Um I mean, they have really found, you know, their mm-hmm. place. And I feel like 
and also like just have a very different humor than we do so i feel like we just kind of got to like and also think it's really hard to explain what we do and the appeal of it because um even thinking about like that thing i just did how like scripted and how like how much everybody wanted to know how it was gonna go like i feel like we still have a long way to go because i feel like people wouldn't trust us to do something like that Mm -hmm. and which kind of was making me like thing or you think i feel like we are so colloquial like we don't you know what i'm saying What what do you mean Like, we kind of just be talking. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I think what you have to be delusional about is, like... Oh, I see. It, don't seem like, it doesn't seem like anybody gets that sort of freedom. And I feel like you literally just have to trust us. If you, like, oh, have I us... Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I'm back. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, I feel like we still... Like, just having going through that experience, I feel like we still got a long way to go because... I just don't see... For the things that are going to be, like, as big... Like, the the like bigger things that it would be great to do i feel like a lot of people are not gonna see the vision like we will and they're just gonna have to trust us on that and i feel like people are not used to doing that Mm -hmm. because it's like if you could come up with this on your own then we wouldn't be here Mm -hmm. but i also just feel like we kind of gotta be a little delusional to to think that okay it seems bad but like i don't know how we're gonna prove it but like Mm -hmm. i just feel like there's really nothing they're not really doing shows at least not like orchestras are not really doing shows that incorporate something like what we do mm-hmm. um and i mean at some point they're gonna get it it's like they always they already get it to a certain extent but like to the amount of freedom that i feel like us just like doing a show or like because we've done like conferences and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like it's different yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, I already really said mine. Like, I do think, I mean, obviously, like, you could prepare and prepare and prepare, but, like, orchestral auditions can be so flippant, especially, like, these days. Like, it's just different. Now. They're hiring no one. And maybe it was like that in the past, but, like, I don't know. You really, like, everybody playing the same stuff. Everybody playing the same three kind of share those. Like, girl, but your song, the one, like, you got to be so delusional to believe that. Um, But... I think that's also I think I do think that it does take delusion you got to believe that you that girl like if you don't believe it like it comes it comes out in your plan like I don't know it takes that and I mean I feel like we're we've been recycling the same the same phrases for all of humanity whatever like if it's faith if it's delusion or whatever but I don't know it's like a certainty that it's gonna it's gonna be you you know I think it just it does require that and I think that's what makes classical music music different from other um careers because you don't have to be delusional to become a lawyer like my friend's a lawyer and I, I don't make light of what he does at all but at the same time he didn't he wasn't delusional about it he applied to law school he got in he went he did the things that they told him to do he took the bar he passed the bar now he's a lawyer there's literally like nothing there's nothing like oh no one passes the bar they only pick three people three lawyers a year there's no whatever it's that's like you followed a plan and that's what you got and this is a little bit more murky 
maybe he had to be delusional for the whole getting into law school thing or or the program that he wanted to get into or like whatever maybe that was yeah that's true because i feel like i had to be i had to be mad delusional to go to grad school okay, let me see I, when i tell you like i was bad delusional for eastman because i knew i was getting in i was like this is my this is school i go i, I go to this school like especially when i first set foot on that campus that summer to take that workshop with Dr. Uh, Block, you hear me? With Mr. Taylor, like he had, a, he used to do a VL workshop. I don't think he does anymore. But when I stepped foot on that campus of that VL, and I saw how beautiful that school was, I was like, "Oh, this is my school. Like I go here." Like I was mad delusional back then. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is my school." To the point that like I played, I ate that audition down. I was like, "Say no to me. I can't go here. No one's coming. No one is coming here." Like. <laughs> I was like, I go here, like, I see you in the fall, yeah. That was it. So I guess like you gotta be mad delusional, like. And I mean, I feel like there's a difference between like believing in self, because I don't know if I believe in myself necessarily. I just knew that I was gonna go. Like I feel like there's a difference there. Like, oh, Katie, you've come. No, it was like I'm going to the school. Like we work about the rest later. Like, step one, send me the email with the confetti. Period. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. I just got, like, I'm trying to practice, like, you just really got to have a certain level of just, like, yeah, I'm that girl, like, to do stuff, which is, like, that's really hard, but. It's so hard, especially when we cross over, like, into something new. I just got to tell you something about that. But, like, that thing I sent you, it's, like, it's so new. It's, mm-hmm. like, but somehow, you know, for the me, Quinta, I don't, like, I don't know. How, like, I just, like. I, and I feel the same delusion I felt with Eastman. That's how I have a good feeling. Okay. As long as I'm good, as long as I'm good at it, because that's that's what I'm worried about now. But I was like, you just gotta be so freaking delusional. Like me, Issa Yatin. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I already know. And you gotta push down the noise. It's like that same thing with auditions. It's like everybody here could play. Like. Mm-hmm. There's there's not gonna be an audition where you go and no one knows how to play this stuff. There have been auditions that I've went to that didn't know everything, but I was like, that's for me to advance and figure out tomorrow. Like, <laughs> there's one orchestra I really should not have taken that audition because if I if I advance, what was I finna do? They have mad excerpts. They have mad excerpts, and, and they were not all up the tempo. Didn't sound like the piece, but I was there. Um. I don't know. So I guess you, I guess like Jen has a point. Like you do be knowing when it's your time or whatever. I don't know. So how have you, how have you incorporated delusion? Cause I feel like me and Delaney, like we're playing around with it, but now we for real. Like I feel like now we really be like, I be texting Delaney. So like, so I, like, okay, two weeks ago I texted her and I was like, I ain't gonna say all of it because sometimes y'all get a little emotional, but. I was like, you know how like Mindy Kaling got new money in her in her bio. Like, what do you think I should put in mine? Because I was thinking blank. So you think <laughs> I should use a period or no? And then Delaney was like, well, if you use a period, like serious conversation <laughs> about this thing that was so insignificant, but was tied to like some of the stuff that we've been talking about. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna write that down. So like, when I word it, I put this word in there. I'm gonna like, have a period after it, so it's fine. So people know. I'm like, cause Mindy, she doesn't have a period, so it's like open ended, and it's like, yeah. Speaking of Mindy, I bought her new book, but I bought it used. Oh, I don't know why I did that. This girl, I opened the page. It says, Jessica, hope you love it, Mindy Kaling. I was, I was like, I have Mindy's signature. 
Girl, you're the chosen the, one. You're the I was like, that's chosen one. That's a sign. I'm t- I was like, that is it a sign? That's a sign. Was, that's a sign. And I'm not even not, I'm not even really at oh, that's a sign type of person, but that's a sign. I mean, I was it would it would have been a clear sign, God, just for next time. If it said like <laughs> and he like, all right, but Right, he like your next time gonna be in the eviction notice. Right, I mean, I, wait, let me not even call that out. I, I'm kidding, universe. I'm so pleased. I'm begging. I'm kidding, universe. That was a joke. Very clearly a joke. So clear, crystal. Um, but yeah, I was like, that is that was crazy. That's also Jessica. Like, go to hell. Why would you sell this book? <laughs> Why would you sell this book? It's our signature. She's like, hope you love it. And then and didn't even advertise it as that's what's right. weird. Maybe somebody gave it to maybe Jessica gave it to somebody else and they sold mm. it. But even but so, know, did you not open it? Like right, you never read it, Jessica? Or Jessica's friend? Wow. I bought I bought it on thrift books. Like and I'm mad because I had bought like Okay, so I was listening to a Jenna Ortega. I think that's a little girl's name, right? Mm-hmm. She's an adult. I'm sorry. The I think that's her name. Very smart person. I was listening to an interview, um, by her. She said she read like she likes reading what's that man Emerson. He likes she likes reading Emerson stuff. So after I looked up to see if he was racist, oh. <laughs> uh, it could go either way because it was like pre Civil War. Mm-hmm. He was an abolitionist, but like whatever. So, but she was saying the way he expands on his ideas. I wanted to read to see like what he, she was talking about. She's like he could talk. She could talk about anything from on and on and on. He could like expand an idea. I'm like I want to read so I could like see what she's talking about. And um, the girl had like underlined like every single thing in the thing. So I'm gonna have to go buy the book anyway because it's like I wish like pe- the people down at thrift books like I understand like they have like very good good acceptable whatever they tell you like the category but i feel there needs to be another point you have to say to what end because i would have just bought i would have spent five more dollars and bought the original like i'm gonna have to do anyway because like you didn't tell me that the girl took us for her like probably her english 103 class and underlined every single thing in this one essay like out of the whole thing (laughs) but that's a sign girl we in we locked in yeah Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh. I can hear that, but they might not be able to hear it. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of just is what it is. I'm like... Anyway, whatever. We're talking about delusion. First of all, I will be... I I really have to be... This is a perfect example of delusion. People always, oh, Delaney, you're doing this, this, and that. You're doing so. I feel like, to me, stuff that I do don't matter until I feel like my life reflects that. Like the fact that I'm mm-hmm. always, I'm never alone. I'm always like, this, this, like my environment is so just hectic right now and just mm-hmm. chaotic. Like that really makes it hard to feel like you can't, like you're doing anything because your life, your bank account's not reflecting it, your environment's not reflecting it, you have no control over it. Like, that's just really how I feel. Like, stuff like this, I don't, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but, like, it's just too much noise going on when I'm trying to record a podcast that's supposed to be like, oh, my God, so good, classically black, like, whatever. But it's like, I can't even put out a podcast that doesn't have any freaking background noise in it. Like, that. like, it just makes you, it just makes you feel like, I feel like I'm still in high school. Like, that's what, my environment makes me feel like and it's like you sometimes you gotta you know 
like step down and step back up, take three steps forward or whatever. But like that stuff be really it really messes with me. I like it really gets on my nerves. And it it kind of takes you out of your your flow because sometimes you be riding a high and then like reality. Yeah. Girl, because I remember I went from I went from South Carolina to do our thing in Chicago. And then I came back for something to get on my nerves. Like the minute I touched down in Memphis, something got on my nerves. It's just like, dang, you know, I want to ride. I want to ride that wave. But I forgot the question I asked you. Oh, how have you? Oh, you already answered it. Okay, I feel like you turned your mic down, so I'm just gonna answer it. <laughs> um, my, how have I incorporated delusion? Hmm, I feel like I'm chronically delusional, though. <laughs> Like, nothing I do is practical except teach. Yep. Because I went to school for that, and that's what I am doing. And, I mean, I guess, like, I sub with MSO about once a month. Sometimes twice, depends. That's practical, I guess. Um, it was del- But it would have been delusional a couple years ago, so I guess that's cool. But it's practical now. Also that yeah, everything's a everything's a dream. So <laughs> this podcast gonna be big classically black. Heard it here first. Mark this timestamp. Thirty three, thirty two. Um, probably that's probably wrong because of the intro. But whatever, you know, we get the point. Okay. And yeah, I constantly live in delusion. Constant state of delusion. <laughs> so it's great, but like healthy delusion. Like I don't be like oh my oh my god my room is so clean. Okay, <laughs> I don't know how many people um like I, actually I don't know I I can't remember the beginning of the intermission actually so um but how much we even said about the whole delusional trend because there's some people like oh we, we didn't <coughs> yeah people, so are like, people are like what are they talking about what do y'all like especially like I feel like people who don't be online too like because Richard said he be looking at, like. He'll hear about something and look it up, but like, you don't hear about little things like this. Like, yeah, it's not little because it's everyone's talking about it, but like, it's like a, it's an online specific thing. You have yeah. to be online to experience. It. Yeah, and like people basically like it's just like being delusional about your life and then just like believing that stuff is gonna happen. Like basically, yeah, it's like, yeah. but it's like to an ex- like to an extent that's like. <laughs> like just hilarious like like katie said the first time we was being delusional it like we was like deliberately like okay we're going to be delusional it was a little bit ridiculous like oh i'm taking not my pj to the corner store <laughs> like and oh yeah and then i'm gonna meet you in cabo because rihanna waiting for us there and Talk about the threat, like that threat went on far too long <laughs> but it was also to be fair i feel like there was a little bit it was a reaction to something that we were like hold up we were wrong yeah it It was somebody that we know who is known to be delusional but then one of their yeah that's like ridiculous but then one of their delusions came true so we was like hold on right we were like oh we were wrong yeah like maybe (laughs) we should start being delusional but then we made fun of it so yeah so but now here we are a year later being practically delusional yeah which is an oxymoron i guess but a lot is so funny because it's really just refabricated things like before delusion it was the lucky girl syndrome where everyone was saying like everyone was walking around saying like mantras so like everything always works out for me 
which I'm a, I'm not a mantra person, so I would say it for like three like three days and then I forget. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not really um, a mantra girl. Have you do you ever see? Well, you're not on TikTok. Like you you make TikTok, but you don't scroll a lot. Um, so I don't know if you saw if you caught the lucky girl sin- syndrome trend maybe nine months ago but that's what it was everybody was saying like everything always works out for me and people are like i always say everything works out for me and but the thing is why i hate these trends this girl did when she's like well i was saying the lucky girl syndrome thing and i came home and i had to check for a thousand dollars in my mailbox and of course the comments were like girl oh my god da, da, da. and then but other half of the comments were like girl you knew that money was coming so then she did a follow-up video she was like well i didn't know it was coming but i closed this this account one time like six months ago and i forgot about it i'm like that's not yeah that's come on girl that's why people hate people because I, I, that made me that made me mad report like girl that's not lucky girl syndrome you forgot you forgetting is not someone sending a random check to your to your house yeah oh um yeah so we're gonna see if this if this pays off because i feel like we'd be in delusional but like with a plan like it's, we're not just believing like oh stuff's gonna pop up out of thin air like we're making big things and like we're working towards them but it's like that's even even that is delusional because like you can't just because you're working towards something don't mean it's gonna happen especially because there's so many people out here who want their stuff to pop there's so many people out here who are good at what they do who are consistent at what they do or like whatever so it's like you gotta be delusional to believe that you're gonna be that one have you heard people say that the people who pop are the ones who like kept going or whatever? Like, I think I read somewhere Quinta said that like Abbott was gonna be her last thing before she found something else to do, which is also interesting to me because I know that she writes for Black Lady Sketch Show, so that kind of confused me a little bit. I want to go back and find the exact quote, but um, <clears throat> it was something like that. It was something to that effect. Like Abbott was it for her, and she was ready to do something or or, or pivot or whatever maybe when it, you know when she started writing it because maybe like when she started writing it that was her attitude and then maybe she got a black lady sketch show in the midst of oh, writing that's habit a good point. and i said i don't know too much about like how the timeline for her get, uh, getting a show picked up hmm. so i don't know but now look at you right down to the award show looking her stylist yeah i mean i mean the stylist doesn't have a hard job I mean, Quince is beautiful, but still, like, she's been looking amazing. Like. But still, like, to have looks like, since so, so many people on the carpet, to have looks that are memorable, that work well, and, yeah. and like, her proportions and stuff, like, you know, because some people be acting like, oh, you can't, like, she don't have no model, whatever, because she's really, Quince is really short, and, like, mm-hmm. it's just been, she just been. I'm eating, when she had that Cardi moment, with that thing that, like, went up. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I, I even love like the seashell one. Like she's been eating. She had when she had that like bust down middle part. I said Quinta Brunson, eat them up, eat them up, Mama. Like yeah, that was insane. I mean, luckily for y'all, I don't have a lot of willpower. So um, <laughs> like you, I, let me not let me not finish that sentence. But some, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm stubborn by nature, but it doesn't. I I'm stubborn, but like it don't get easier. You know that's why I be more I be more selective with auditions that I take. 
Mm. And um, luckily, I have a good support system. Um, Because definitely January was giving, I'm going to quit the viola. And Jen was like, all right, so when you're done with your tantrum, <coughs> um, take a look at what you take it next. Um, but yeah, I'm too stubborn to quit. That's my freaking problem. It's not even like, I'm going to get it. I'm like, we here now, so let's go, mama. Here he is. It's gonna be good. We're gonna listen back at these things and be like, oh my god. Right. Look how delusional we were. I don't know. I think delusion is everyone should be delusional. But yeah. Let's move on. All right, y'all. Well, it's women's history month. So we're gonna be talking about that. Women's. Right. (laughs) Somebody was like on February 28th was like don't forget to leave cookies out for women tonight (laughs) (laughs) I hate y'all real bad (laughs) (laughs) oh my god y'all are so annoying I was listening to to the read and Kid Fury was like in the words of Ice Spice like why would you say that no and he's (laughs) exactly right that's so annoying. I was like, like, that is so annoying. Y'all are so frustrating. She do say like a lot. Yeah, it's the name of her EP. Like, for real? Yeah. I still need to listen to it. I was going to pull it up one day, and, and then I was... It's real short. Days. It's less than 15 minutes. I was actually, like, when I, when I went to go shower uh, a couple of days ago, I was like, I'm going to turn this on. And then I was like, but I have to listen to this Florence Price because I have a rehearsal tonight. So, and then... Um, cause I don't normally I don't normally shower with music. Why do y'all need to know that? But for that particular I was for that particular moment I was like, yeah, I'm gonna turn this on. I'm gonna listen to Ice Spice's EP, and I was like, but I need to prepare for this rehearsal. So I, look at me choosing classical music. See, I do like it, guys. Just in case that was up for debate, which I that's fair. Um, yeah. Okay, so for Women's History Month, we are talking about excellent Black women in the music field so how we divvied it up was this week i'll be talking about an important excellent black woman that's redundant a black woman in classical music and delaney will be talking about one in music regardless and then we will switch for next week so let's get to it today i am dying and i'm out of water you know what can you entertain them while i go get Uh, girl just cut it out (laughs) I don't want to cut her out. That's like someone that got to move it over. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do not have nothing to say. Okay, I'll cut it out. What is this? 43. <laughs> Hydrated. Ready to go. Okay, this. Oh, let me put my phone. See, look, I'm all discombobulated. See, that's why we, you should just entertain them. All right. It was a minute. You could have sang a song, told them what you did today. You know what I should have done next time you ask me that? I'm going to pull up my list of things that you said that you don't want people to know. And I'm going to read that. Yeah, I'll that entertain all. them all right. <laughs> that is all hearsay. It's literally not. Y'all know me. I would never say anything. Okay. <laughs> Salacious. Okay. Let me know when you need some right, water next. You said what? I said, Let me know when you need some water next. In the history of classically black, I've never done that. 
and now I know I would never start. I would never do it again. So, okay. So this week, um, I will be talking about Eileen Southern, and actually, I've been wanting to do an episode on her for a while, and I, I have some ideas maybe for the summer because it involves some heavy reading. But um, there's like she. <laughs> Did you look at me? That was crazy. I thought so, but I can tell. But we like to read, Delaney, so we might as well do it for good. Um, so she she is phenomenal. She is like the famous black um, musicologist and historian, and she is pioneering. And we're going to talk about how she was. Okay, so she was born in 1920 in Minneapolis, but I think she grew up in Chicago because some of the um the high school that she that was cited I think Lindblom High School I was like hold on yeah I know Lindblom um so I think she grew up in Chicago so um she went to the University of Chicago where she got a BA in humanities from University of Chicago and then she got an MA from the same place and then she in humanities both in the same thing and she taught at a bunch of HBCUs she taught at Prairie View she taught at Southern then she went to Alcorn and she went back to southern and then she taught at claflin so i, I love that um and she joined brooklyn college in 1960 so i think the majority of her most notable work was done while she was at uh brooklyn what did i say brooklyn college so in the late 1960s she was tasked to create a course that centered black music and when she got the assignment, she was like, okay, it's going to be a little hard. It's not going to be impossible, but like, we're going to see what she's going to do. And then one of her colleagues was like, uh, the idea is crazy. I'm going to read the exact quote. She was, uh, he was like, I wonder where he at now in hell. Um, her colleague <laughs> opined that a course in black music presented nothing of substance to deal with. And it's like, I mean, this is 1960. So I'm trying to think like, I mean, this is your this is your old wheelhouse um what was who was who was going on in 1960 that someone would think like because obviously like besides the fact that it's not true it's like we have like Florence Price had did her like CSO uh debut like a couple decades before that like we had um we also had what's that dude shoot Afro-American why am I blanking on his name uh, William Crystal not too much um, <laughs> not too much not too much not too much we had him do his uh the premiere of afro-american a couple decades later right around some time before it's price so we had people in in that space but we also had like ragtime going on this is big time for like billy holly but who like in the 60s was big for him, like that would literally directly oppose what he just said in classical music? No, just in general. I mean, like, who? Like Funkadelic? Like, no. Because you be listening to 60s. Funkadelic. Uh, oh, that's later. Well, yeah, a little bit later. Like 70s, 80s. Um, I mean. I mean, to put you on the spot, but you do be over uh, there. Elvis, probably. Oh, you said black. <laughs> well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like maybe because I'm black, I just feel like black music was constantly having a moment in this time. Yeah, with Etta like, James, especially jazz. Etta, right, right. Etta James, yeah, a lot of jazz. 
Um, yeah, Louis Armstrong. Let's see. Ray Charles. Ella now, Fitzgerald. Was huge. Ella was huge too. Coltrane. Miles Davis. These were like huge acts. Yeah. So for even 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 like maybe like what are you all pining on exactly? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if it, if it was like I honestly can't think of a time in history in the night maybe if it was like 1910 and you were like what are we finna do but even then I don't think that's true yeah maybe a little I don't know anyway so whatever she wrote the course and obviously it was a wild hit not well obviously because you've heard of her but um it was a wild years and she wanted to showcase the scope and the range of black music throughout throughout the years and actually her creating discourse and like her work in general led her to being one of the first bl- not even one of the first the first black woman to be a tenure professor at harvard's faculty of the arts and science department i don't know if it's a department or a college whatever um and she developed helped develop the afro american studies department at harvard um she also did this at nyu nope line san francisco state um so <laughs> very close <laughs> same continent um so in 1971 she founded the music of black americans journal which i knew about because i've we talked about this me you and richard have talked about this a lot and just like looking up some stuff for icebm and she did that with her husband when i was like okay power couple that's very cute giving me very you know collaborative because i never work with my man um and she ended hmm. up you said what I mean, neither could I. Yeah, because you're not going mean, no f- corrections. No, I was about to say you needed a man to work with, so I... Let's bring it back. I regret that. I'm sorry. Let's bring it back. So, um... That's the reason why I couldn't, so... Let's... Here Physically we are. impossible. We're back to the point, Eileen. <laughs> here we are. Um, so she did all this pioneering work. Uh, I lied. So the music of the black... <laughs> the music of... I want to say this over. So the music of Black Americans was like her book. Cause I don't need Richard in my telling me I'm illiterate. So, um, the Black Perspective in Music in 1973 was the landmark book that she that she did, and that encompassed the the music that she was talking about in her course, and also just showing the scope of Black music. And then she also went on to. Um, she also went on to doing other editions of the book so the music of black americans um the music of black americans released in 1973 and then later in 1974 she did the black perspective in music with her husband okay we're back on track so (laughs) i also want to point out harvard did this really cool um project called the the southern whoa the eileen southern initiative and it's a online exhibit so i'm gonna link that and it's really cool you could really like see her um it's a digital exhibit and you can like scroll through her like where her letters are on a map it has like all this stuff it has like her some of her um papers that she wrote and it has like some excerpts from the black perspective music like the journal that i was just talking about 
it has an excerpt from the music of black americans the book that i was talking about it has like some videos um it has a timeline of her life and just a whole bunch of really cool interactive stuff uh so that's really neat and yeah she's no longer alive she died in 2002 but she left a lasting effect because actually when I wanted to pick someone for today I thought I was gonna do Samantha Ajay who I'm a huge fan of she is a champion of Florence Price's work she does a lot of she's a pianist that lives in Britain and she did the proms like she did some of the she did she did the speaking actually for Kalina when Kalina Bavel conducted the proms if you never watched the proms they cut back and forth to like the speakers and stuff and Dr. Ajay was one of the people speaking about Price's work and works and his her life and stuff like that and then I want I want to do her but I feel like I've spoken about Samantha on this show or Dr. Ajay on this show so I was like hmm what can I do and then she was inspired by Eileen which of course you should be Dr. Eileen Southern come on Eileen that's for our white listeners see you don't you know that song Mm-mm. and i went to school in the suburbs that's a great little ditty and that's it <laughs> okay um okay so i'm doing the just music in general popular music um black woman so i'm doing sylvia roan she was the first uh by the way i'll say she's still alive like i'm saying was because like this was a title and has since you know um may or may not have um another black woman who has achieved it but she was the first uh black industry executive and woman to hold a dual title of chairman slash ceo of a major label um so yeah I'm gonna talk a little bit about her she has a lot of um incredible things under her belt so right now she's the CEO and chair of Epic Records which is a record label owned by Sony uh, Music Entertainment but she's been um um in executive positions at a bunch of major labels um so she's from Philly and she was raised in Harlem and um she actually said that growing up she was um exposed to r&b at the apollo theater and that really like inspired her to go into music um and a lot of um artists black women artists and black artists in general like aretha franklin ella fitzgerald and Jimi hendrix um really also inspired her um inspired her love for music so she actually um went to school for economics and was um working at a trust in new york city but eventually her passion for music led her to getting a job at record labels um so she was working in marketing she was a secretary at one point she was doing all kinds of like you know other jobs um within that but she really wanted to kind of like contribute to the black music business um so she started working at A&R just artist and repertoire and um and marketing in the 80s and it was eventually promoted to senior vice president and general manager of Atlantic Records um so she managed some um uh some really cool like 
um, acts like Brandy, MC Light, um, who else? In Vogue. So a lot of really big um, acts. And she was also, um, oof, sorry, I just had a stroke again. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not funny. Sorry. Um, she was also um, in 1988 uh, got got the Atlantic Records named as the number one black music division in Billboard magazine, and that's also coming full circle because one of the reasons why she came into my like like how I learned about her this year was that she was women she was Billboard's Women in Music Executive of the Year um, for 2023. So. Going into like some of the really major things that she did after that, after she got her um, her historic appointment, in 1990 is when she became the first um, black woman to head a major uh, label. She was named CEO and president of Atlantic's East West Records in their America division, um, and she also um, was involved in helping. Um, Acts like Gerald LeVert, again, in Vogue, um, ACDC, um, furthered their careers on that label. She was also um, cited in Ebony Magazine as one of the top up-and-coming black executives in the entertainment industry, period. Then in 1994, she went on to um, uh, be hired at Warner Music Group, and she became the chairwoman and CEO of Elektra Entertainment Group. And at that time was considered the most powerful woman in the music business. Period. <laughs> like, so she um, also guided a merger between Elektra and East West, where she was currently, I mean, where she had formerly worked. She was currently at Elektra and then also Sire Records into one, um, uh, into one diverse competitive label. And this is when she really had a lot of big artists that she, um, that she helped launch a lot of best-selling artists like Old Dirty Bastard, Fabulous, Jason Mraz, Yolanda Adams. I forgot about Jason Mraz. He still made music? I don't think so. With his hat. Um, she also helped launch uh, Yolanda Adams, Tracy Chapman, um, Buster Rhymes, and Missy Elliott. Um, like, I know, out here. Then, in 2004, she became appointed the president of Motown Records and the executive vice president of Universal Records, um and um what else girl she got she signed a lot of people during that time as well akon ndire erica badu lil wayne chameleon Air. um and then when the label split up she uh, continued serving as president of the Uni of universal motown records um and so during that time um she also went on um, to become CEO of her own label, um, Vested in Culture, which was distributed through Epic Records. And then she was named president of Epic Records. Um, and she oversaw, she's overseen the release of multiple de uh, debut albums, number one albums like Travis Scott's Astroworld, um, Camila Cabello's uh, number one debut album, um, and some of those singles that were on that album. She also was named chairwoman and CEO of Epic Records in 2019. That's where she's at right now. Um, and from there, she's also overseen artists like Future, 
DJ Khaled, French Montana, Megan Trainer, Twenty One Savage, um, and again oh, also, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pip pip. Okay. Dates. She also um has been recognized for bringing unprecedented um success in hip-hop uh to major labels and projects through some of the people that she's um whose career she's launched and overseen she also has multiple awards like i said executive of the year for billboards women in music this year she's also um been on billboards annual power 100 list um in um some of the top spots she has also had um the city of hopes spirit of life award she won that in 2019 she has an an honorary doctorate from berkeley college of music um she's been profiled in multiple um magazines for entertainment music industry like variety um billboard um and she's been a billboard like not even just this year but also was sony music's most powerful african-american woman in 2018 um she also received a culture creators icon award i was like period and she is a member of the board of directors of the rock and roll hall of fame say sigma gamma i said i know that's right (laughs) (laughs) but what you said was cool too okay (laughs) um but yeah i'm gonna link her um she did this whole like um for her executive um of the year award that she got this year she did a whole um profile in billboard which i think i need, I still need to finish it because it's kind of long but i need to finish it because i think she talks also about some of the like losses and stuff that she's had on the way like for example not too much but she passed up on signing drake with <laughs> <laughs> but i mean Ooh, i know she don't sleep good at night but I mean, she did sign Lil Wayne, who and was in Khaled. Yeah, and it's like Lil Wayne, like yeah, I mean Lil Wayne's Wayne. Get in and and kind of brought Drake in as well too. So it's kind of like pass on Drake. I want to know the reason. Which I mean, to be fair, I mean that's why I was like, I, I must have bad judgment because I remember when Drake started rapping, I was just like, okay, Jimmy. Like I don't know, I just knew him from yeah. the grassy. It's like whatever. But um, I, I don't remember how he sounds on his. Also, but people aren't really rapping like him, right? That sing, I don't think he was sing song yet, but he was like emotional and stuff like that. But I do remember liking some some early Drake stuff, but like I also don't know like she and also thinking about what came across her desk is probably different from what we saw too. Right, right. Um, because I don't know how long after she passed on him, he got signed too. Like, so he might have developed, you know, in a different way. Because Young Money signed Drake, right? Exactly. So I'm like, so she signed Wayne, who like signed yeah. Drake. So like, and mm. also Miss freaking Missy Elliott, Yolanda Adams. Right. Never mind. She <laughs> take no L. I mean, it would be it would be a nice feather in her hat, but she ain't take no L. Yeah. To be honest, Missy, um, Melissa, yeah. nah, she good. Um, but I think she talked about some of the losses that she's had, like in in the career. So like, I feel like, you know, that that should help some people. Um see that it's not like a whole like it's not just like a linear um yeah path and stuff because like even thinking thinking like one of the things that i am doing this summer people's like oh my gosh i'm like girl do you know how many rejections i got before i got that you know how many rejections i'm still getting from things that i you already know but you didn't tell me nothing oh you did okay okay yeah i mean yeah. i was like i knew you were just to tell me on here but 
but I just got two rejections from things that I had applied for this summer. But like, of course, I already got this thing because I only need one person to say yes. Right. And so, but it's like, girl, I'm still getting rejections from stuff that I apply for. Like, it's like one to twenty acceptance rejection ratio. Like, (laughs) it gotta be like that thing. Like, I bet you gonna look back and be like, I'm so happy. I mean, I bet you she don't with Drake, but Uh, like. But I feel like for us regular people, it's like you gon' you normally you're happy that you didn't get the thing you thought you wanted. Like I can think of a couple things I'm happy that I didn't get it in the long run. I can think of a couple of things I'm happy I didn't get in the long run. <laughs> you you end up where you're supposed to be. But then that's again, annoying, she... but you do. Oh, but that's scary because now what if I'm supposed to be? All right, Delaney, I should have said anything. Well, I'm supposed to be on Skid Row. What then? But then what? You know what? I'm not playing these games with you. Anyway. Thank God. Okay. (laughs) Shout out to her. Truly one of the most important women in the music business who I did not know about until this year. But yeah, y'all should read her interview and read more about her because she's out here and been out here. Mm -hmm. Period, Miss Mamas. This is literally a doctor. Let me sit up and act right. All right, y'all. Well, we gonna move on. No, we're not. I lost my page. Just <laughs> on a second. Okay, now we're moving on. All right, y'all. It's time for Black Excellence where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top. This week, I'm talking about Michael Scott, not from The Office, the bassoon player. Michael Scott is second bassoon in the Memphis Symphony Orchestra. He has been in this orchestra for 47 years. That is insane to me. Like 47, number after 46, before 48. That's in, that's insane to me. Um, he's a bassoon player. He gigs a lot in Memphis. He also plays saxophone. I guess what the bassoon girls does. Um, he's a former uh, professor, associate professor at Southwest Tennessee Community College. He's also the program coordinator for the Memphis Jazz Workshop. And yeah, I like Michael. He's mad cool. And... Uh, we did the black people nod in rehearsal the other day. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, I love being black. Like that was just so because he had he talked about you don't never talk to me. I was like, you sit back there. What are you talking about? So like, this right, two blackest like, instruments in the orchestra, <laughs> right? Because of course you play bassoon. Like what else supposed to play viola? Um, well yeah, I nodded to him. He was mad cool. So yeah, shout out to Michael Scott on phone him, Memphis and them nine oh one. Man, what else y'all be saying? Junk, you know me. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, sound like you do want to say over there. <laughs> Don't be rude to me, Dylan. That'd be very nice to you all day. <laughs> all right. All right. Right. We're not done with the show. Um, piece of the week. Um, not too much on us, but I, since it wasn't my uh, turn last last week, mine is Mozart twenty nine. Yeah, so now we got we got two Mozart pieces a week in a row, but oh well, we just watched Amadeus last week, so that's why. I do give y'all. I I stand by everything that has been said on this show, but uh, there was kind of Mozart kind of ate it up. I'm so sorry. Like a lot of y'all girls, they should not be programming so much, but like, oh Mozart be writing, okay? Like you heard it here first, KD. Oh, shut up, Delaney. <laughs> Um, supremacist no i'm just kidding okay also i don't 
I don't also don't play a lot of Mozart. Mozart's not that problem for me in orchestra orchestral music. I think he's a problem in chamber music. Mm. Like y'all only program him there, but like as an orchestral player, I don't play Mozart. Last time I played Mozart was for a run out and it was for Heiner Klein and Knox music. So mm. um and it was me and one other viola. I just don't play. I have I can't I, I can't even tell you the last time I played a Mozart symphony. I don't think I've have I played a Mozart symphony? Ever? Oh shoot. That can't be right. I've definitely played forty one. I've played twenty nine. Oh, I have never performed a Mozart symphony. Maybe we maybe I played it in like a lab. Maybe, but I've only played for excerpts. Really? Oh, sh- I've never played a Mozart symphony. Okay. Wow, that's crazy. I've my kids played a movement of Mozart twenty five when I taught public school. I've played his overtures and I conducted Magic Flute overtures. Oh right, okay. So I was thinking like I forgot he wrote a whole a whole bunch of other stuff. But out okay. of the forty one symphonies, I've never played one. That can't be right, Katie. No, I've never played because they don't. I only did chamber music in undergrad, like for two semesters. And he he wouldn't he didn't rotate me in because when I was in conducting studio, I didn't play. Yep. Oh shoot! I gotta play them. I should I should turn the recording on just just knock them out and just play with the recording. I've never played. I've never played. I've only played. It's wrong for that. Really wrong. And I remember one time, that one time I played for Joe, he was like, it's like a, you're playing the notes, but it don't sound like, like you don't hear what I'm going through? <laughs> He's probably like, yeah, I do. That's the problem. Like? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what the piece sound like. Okay, I don't care what I'm going through. I'm talking about it don't sound like the piece. What are you talking about? <laughs> um... Dang, I need to get, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that over the summer. I'm gonna I'm gonna play every mode. No, let me stop lying because that's I feel like I'm gonna get bored. Yeah. Maybe I'll start late. Maybe I'll go backwards. That's a good idea. I'm gonna go backwards. Cause I, the only one I've played in full that I can remember is 41. I've played like a movement from 29. Um, and then other than that, yeah, just overtures. I d- I've done Magic Flute, Magic Figaro. Oh yeah. And um. Abduction from the Seraglio. Did I play that? Dun dun ding. Da, 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 dun, 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 dun. No, I've never dun, played dun, that. Dun. I like that. We one. playing Barbara Seville this week tonight, and I was like, I like checking off my little. Of course, he played that. I've never played it before. You know. Da, 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 da. I was like, that's so cool. I've never played Barbara this. Seville. Have I played Barbara Seville? Oh uh, yeah. We played it at Eastman. Really? The Overture. Oh. I was like, yeah. I never played it. I want to play I, all the popular stuff. I was getting that, uh, okay, Canon. Okay, okay. Y'all heard it here first. Y'all heard it here this first. This is insane. I'm Katie, just saying. This is, uh, y'all heard it here first. She said the Canon is better than. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what I, I want to play the stuff that, like, like we when we played. When we played ch- the Chike, what's it called, Romeo and Juliet last month, I was like, you hear this and you literally, as a kid, this is what, how you, 
like love scenes every love scene in every 90s cartoon had this freaking mm-hmm. and it's like okay period like i played that chick i i don't i i could i could live a thousand more years and never play beethoven 9 again but mm-hmm. i'm sure that's not possible beethoven 5 the nutcracker i played both of those i haven't played nutcracker you never played the nutcracker wait i want to play the, the sweet Oscar. The sweet. I have played the sweet. Oh, okay, I haven't yeah. played. Oh, I thought you meant like the ballet. Yeah, I haven't played Ugh, the ballet. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Not, not not no shade to ballet, but like I just don't like playing. Like I want to do. I just like regular orchestra concerts. I don't want to do no opera. I don't want to do no I musical. I don't want to do oh no. Like I just don't like playing and stuff where it's like other disciplines going on. Like because it's just it's just too much. Like y'all, here come the choir. Here come the dancers. Here come the whatever. Like get out. Get out. Like, <laughs> I love opera. Like, also, I don't mind a musical. It could be a little campy, but I don't mind a musical. It's not, Yeah, and I've played in a couple. I played, I'm trying to think. I remember the last musical I did. It was a while ago. It was in Rochester. Like um, a gig? Yeah, it was a gig. And, yeah, I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a little pit little pit situation every now and then but like mostly not because it's just too many too many moving parts like i just like orchestra is so straightforward it's just so straightforward the pit is nice because like you can wear sneakers you know what i'm saying like you just down there i'm playing i'm playing a musical this summer and i played little woman last year before that i played cabaret i haven't played many musicals oh i'm lying in high school i played a musical every year it was always a musical and then undergrad it was opera musical opera or we play oklahoma i'm like y'all couldn't find nothing else <laughs> absolutely nothing it was everything rented out i could have wrote you something <laughs> like, i don't even remember what musical that was that i played uh, it was something it, it might have been like the wizard of oz or something like that mm. i think it was something like that but I was just like, this is just, uh-uh. and then it's like all the stuff going on in between and the cues, like, bro, just the cues, yeah, yeah, I just, eh. I don't mind musicals. I don't love them. I love opera. Opera audition. I never. I don't take opera auditions, so I should. I love and love opera. It's so like playing for opera, or man, what to call it? That's what really changed my life. That sounds dramatic, but La Boheme. Mm-hmm. That's what like. That's another story for another day. But that musical, like that opera, learn how to play that, changed my trajectory as a violist. But I'm bumping it up. I would never forget it. I would never forget that opening. Now I'm trying to think how I ever played in an opera. I'm just, yeah. I'm just forgetting everything. I definitely never played in one in Eastman, and that was on purpose because I didn't want to. Because like then, the, the schedule is ridiculous. The terrible. I but just see, don't. We didn't have a choice, so you kind of just like it's opera week. It's just like it just is what it is. See, I'm glad they they put together a little situation. I'll be like, oh, I got a conflict. I always always schedule, so I have a conflict. You can't double rotate me. You can't put me in opera. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's easier at Eastman because there was like twenty basses and thirty five violas. Trying to think about when I was in high school. Because I've definitely been in the pit more than once. I just can't remember what I was in the pit for. Like, I just cannot, for the life of me, I just, what I was playing in, oh, maybe think of, no, I don't remember doing any operas at Interlocking. I don't even remember everything I played at Interlocking. I have no There's idea. Is Hammond doing opera at Interlocking? 
how long is it six weeks eight weeks six oh, i guess i guess yeah but you can and they probably get one and they also probably give you the music ahead of time something oh, like that yeah. and like maybe something like that i don't know um but yeah i've definitely been in the in the pit but i just can't remember like what all i was i was there for and what pit and where like it's all literally a blur but what i couldn't do i was talking to tahira i, can't, I don't know if i could be on the road doing like I feel like you would have to. I mean, to hear is a fantastic, like fantastic is an understatement. Chellis, but I feel like knowing me is, I would have to work really hard to maintain my chops. If you playing the same show like eight times a week for five, six years, I would have to really make an effort to like work on etudes and stuff like that because I would feel like I would just be playing at. That's enough. Mm. Like that kind of job, I couldn't do that. It just feels so. I don't know. Like the best part about orchestra is it, it, the it's a new folder next week. Yeah. If you, especially like if it's like we play one piece. <laughs> when the videos is like I can't wait to be done with that tomorrow. It's like because it's like that's what it is. It's like if you don't like it, it's over. At the end of the weekend, you turn the music in. That's what's great about orchestra. It's always new stuff. It's up for, well, it should be. Whoa. I was about to say it depends on how long you've been playing. <laughs> Cause they probably be like, "Girl, <laughs> right?" Somebody yeah, who's been in orchestra like, for a long time probably like, "Okay, so here yeah, go my fifty seventh Beethoven three, right?" <laughs> oh my god, we playing this! I mean, they like, "Girl, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I mean, yeah, we was doing. I'm, I'm trying to check off my little stuff, like I said, for my own. Like, I learned excerpts, but to play, like, we playing Shots Coach Five in a couple months, like. Let's get that checked off. I've never played that. I'm lying. I played the, the last moment of high school. But the whole thing. Junk on our low key now that I think about it. Anyway. Like I said, I do have a concert. Artina playing tonight. Period. She playing Price. Okay, then. Big Artina, not the little one. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or an intermission suggestion, y'all send an intermission suggestion. Send one, okay? Do it now. I'll wait. Okay. Don't be impatient. Classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. If you're black, join ISBM. ISBM is reworking. So if you join, I saw some new names up there. Be patient, girl. Okay? Don't Don't be so sassy. Okay, Ice Black Musicians on social media, IceBlackMusicians.com. Thank you again for listening. That's not my outro, but whatever. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye.